This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and today we are celebrating our 100th episode of our podcast. <laughs> for sure it's a heck of a lot of work we put into this yeah yeah 100 that's like that's an awesome number congratulations Rebecca thank you yeah. I uh, am very happy that we have gotten through actually I've done the full 100 you yeah. have done I feel like I think it's pretty close to 30 Oh, okay. I was thinking like 20. Okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's closer to 30 now. So, okay. yeah. So wow. here we are at, at 100. Yay. Nice. Woo woo. Okay. So, to celebrate this, we thought we would dig into some of our favorite Canada Read moments. But before we get into that, I want to hear Rebecca's like the podcast's origin story. So, Rebecca, how you first found the Canada Reads competition, because mine is pretty simple. I'm Canadian. I listen to CBC Radio. They made the announcement, what, 21 years ago or something? And then that was it. That was all it took for me. But I want to know how an American <laughs> in Michigan, because you, were you in Michigan at the time as well? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How you found Canada Reads and how that then evolved into the podcast. Yeah. So I was living in California for the for 30 years and I came back to Michigan to kind of help take care of my parents. And honestly, just one day I saw, I found it on YouTube. Who knows what I was looking at or why it popped up? I have no idea, but there it was. And so I started watching it and I thought, this is the greatest thing ever. It was 2017 and it was Humble the Pie, uh, Humble the Pie, Humble <laughs> the Poet. <laughs> who successfully defended 15 dogs. And when I watched it, I just thought, this is the coolest thing ever. I love competition and I love books. I'm a, I was a library director at the time. I'm retired now. And so that's how I discovered it. And the way the podcast began was in 20... So in 2017, I hadn't read any of the books. I just watched the show and thought it was pretty amazing. So 2018 rolled around and I read all five books, but oh. I just read them and then I watched the show. And I was talking to one of my colleagues at work, Shauna, and I said to her, you should read the books next year and then we can talk about them. And so in 2019, we read all the books and we just started playing around on I think we did it through Facebook or something. We started like videotaping them. And okay. she has all those records. They're they're they'll never see the light of day again. So they're gone. <laughs> but anyway, we just started having fun and just sort of chatting about it. And then in 20 or in September of 2019 when we just decided to start a podcast we said, you know, we had so much fun with the videos and, and what we had started to do was to read the entire long list. And that's kind of how okay. it started. So that's what we did. Wow. Yeah. Did you read Canadian literature like Canadian authors before this? You know, not really. Just the, you know, the major ones like Margaret okay. Atwood and, and uh, uh, Rohinton Mystery, I read him and also yeah. Michael Andache, I'd read him. So some of the big names. And to be honest with you, I may not have even necessarily realized they were Canadian. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. 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 I get that. 
Well, that's very cool. I didn't realize how it all began. I started thinking about it last week and I'm like, we're getting ready to celebrate 100 years. And I'm like, I don't even know how Rebecca first came across this. Like, so I'm like, I'm going to ask her that. Yeah. It was just a weird thing that it just somehow popped up on my YouTube, you know, viewing. So it was great. Yeah. I'm so thankful for it, of course. Okay. So let's get started. We thought we would uh, talk about four specific areas. So the first is our favorite books from the entire, has it been 21 or 22 years, seasons? 21? I I can't remember. I can't remember either. Yeah. It's 20 plus anyways. So we thought, so I'll go first. And I picked six of my favorite books from those uh, 20 plus seasons. They all happen to be books that I had read previous to that season, to their season starting. And once I'd heard that they were on the list, on the short list, it was the book that I was cheering for. So there, yeah, there, there's, there's no surprises here, really. So the first one I chose was uh, The Stone Angel by Margaret Lawrence, which was in season one. Ooh. I know. And I, I love The Stone Angel. I read it in high school, I think grade 11 or 12. I may have been the only person in my class who enjoyed it, but I loved it. And I reread it a couple years ago and I was like, yep, still love it. Oh, that's awesome. Still a fantastic book. My second book is Mercy Among the Children by David Adams Richards, which is one of my all-time favorite books. He is an author from uh, New Brunswick, in particular the Miramichi, the northern part of New Brunswick. And I just... I, I adore everything he writes. Um, I think that was season. Oh, I forgot to write it down. So I'm not even going to take a guess at that, actually. Uh, next, this is not in chronological order at all, by the way. I apologize. Uh, Johnny Appleseed by Joshua Whitehead from Ooh. season 20, which I read when it was first published. So I think like one or two years before it was on Canada Reads. But as soon as it was announced, I was like, that is the book I wanted to win because I loved Johnny. He became one of my favorite literary characters. So, oh, that's and neat. it did win. So, yeah, kudos. Uh, From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle, season nineteen. Loved the book. Still upset that it didn't win. Same here. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Should have won. Should have won. Totally agree. Yes. 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 Yep. Uh, and then from last season, I have What Strange Paradise by Omar El Akkad. And then I go back to season one, and it's The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, which I first read in university when in a Canadian lit uh, course and may have been like, I think it was my first Margaret Atwood book, my first introduction to like, to her. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's my list. What about yours? Okay, that's those are really obviously. I mean, and here's the thing: you cannot go wrong with any of the titles. No. Yeah, on on the Canada Reads whole canon. So yeah, those are all great choices. So I actually gave my books a little bit of a heading. I decided because I, I was trying to think like why did why am I picking them out of all of the ones that I've read? Yeah. Now I have to be honest. I went and counted how many of the books for the whole time of the competition. I've only read 23, so I'm not like most of you listening probably who've read many, many more, but <laughs> so my answers are out of my 23, but yeah. so my first category is a book club book, which was a fine balance by Rohinton Mystery yes. from 2002, 
Yep. That's a great I, we, book. Yeah. I had a book club in, in uh, California and somehow we had decided to pick that book. I'm not sure if it was that I chose it or someone else did, but I have a good friend from India and he joined us for our book club that time and really gave us insight into life in India. And it made, I mean, the book is brilliant on its own, but having a native person to that culture explain in finer detail about it all, mm-hmm. it will never, I mean, it's always been one of my all-time favorite reads. Yeah. Now, a book that is now coming true American War by Omar. Oh, yes. Because let me tell you, we got some effed up stuff going on in this country right now. And we hope that we remain a democracy because I worry that if we fail, y'all will be right behind us. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I'm going to interrupt and I'm going to put in that one that could kind of go under your category from my favorites, but hopefully will not, is The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. It's a... Yeah, that's the obvious one right now. Yeah. 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 So, wow. Very cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Good choice. My next category is a book with an unlikable main character. And I want to defend this book. It's uh, Suzanne by Anais Barbeau Lavalette in 2019. And when I, during that year, when I read the five books, that was the one I read last because I didn't really want to read it because it was Mm -hmm. third person and I really don't care for that. But I, Saved it for last, read it, and it was my favorite that year. That was my favorite book. Now, it's about a woman who leaves her family, and a lot of people said she was a horrible character. People didn't like her. People didn't understand her. But what I had said during the podcast when we talked about it was, I have that in my own family, where someone in my family left their family. And I felt more empathy towards Suzanne because because it is in my own family, I kind of understood a little bit where she was coming from. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't make her a, you know, a good person. It just means I had some understanding there. And I, and even though it was third person, which I think made it even better that it was, brilliant novel. If you haven't read it, highly recommend it. Okay. I have not read it. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, in fact, I, I, I bought it because I loved it so much. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to now. I'm going to read it. And yeah. I don't think a character, a main character needs to be likable at all for a book to be great. Yeah. I don't need to like a character. Well, that was during the competition. That was one of the arguments was that she was not a, you know, she was not a likable character. And I remember, I can't remember who defended. In fact, it's a celebrity that I didn't know, but I just thought he totally didn't get his point across. Like, I don't even know that he knew how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And he just, and I think it went out first because I just thought, oh Lord, like yeah. I could have defended that a little bit better. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that's my ego talking, of course. <laughs> and then of course, memoir from the ashes. Totally mm-hmm. agree with you. That book, I love memoirs. One of my favorite things of all time to read. And I absolutely loved it and it should have won. I agree. Yeah. And then a book many did not finish is Small Game Hunting by Megan Gale Coles. And yeah. this one was in 2020. And it's too bad. I know that people really struggled with, they kept saying like, oh, get in, get a hundred pages in and then you'll enjoy it. And a lot of people said, I'm not putting that much effort into something that's going to be a struggle. And mm-hmm. I, I was reading all the comments and I judge no one for DNF because let's face no. it, we all have them. Yeah. However, I'm sorry that people didn't get it get through the whole thing because the ending to that was it was just an amazing story yeah it it was so um I I understand the difficulty that people had with her writing style and with the language uh 
like how she wrote the dialect of the mm-hmm. characters, the Newfoundland characters. I loved it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't an easy read. Like you couldn't breeze through it. Right. But that right. book has stuck with me. Like atmospheric wise, it was just, and even just the themes, the plot, the care, the whole thing. It was, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I agree with you. It does stay with you because I, yeah. I can still, I think about it's, it was snowy and there was a snowstorm mm-hmm. and it and the whole thing, it was very atmospheric and it was really an amazing read. And I, and like I said, I, I read that one last because I'm a slow reader and I thought, okay, this is the biggest one. This one might take me some time to get through and I couldn't put it down. So yeah. it was great. And then my last one for titles that we loved is my category is an epic novel. And of course it's Washington black. We just talked about mm-hmm. it. So I won't go into detail, but I absolutely, it was a book I never would have picked up on my own. Absolutely love, love, love Washington black. Great list, Rebecca. Thank you. Yeah. Now, the next category that we're going to talk about are titles that are on the list, the short list for all the years of Canada Reads. Which ones uh, have we yet to read? Now, since I've only read 23 of them, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I have a lot to go through. So, I it, And it was hard because, to be honest with you, there were a lot of authors I didn't recognize or titles I hadn't heard of. So I picked three that of authors that I know and so those are the three I'll talk about. Okay. The first one is one that you mentioned, which is Mercy Among the Children by David mm-hmm. Adams Richards, because you and I, you introduced me to him as an author, yeah. and you and I did a buddy read of one of his books. And that was another one that, you know, it just, his writing stays with oh, you, no question it, about it. The way he writes his characters, and again, the his characters, a lot of them are not likable. But he writes them with so much love. That's what I've always mm-hmm. really appreciated about his writing is that he is going to write characters that maybe if I was walking down the street or if I encountered them are going to scare me. Mm-hmm. But he writes them with so much love that I see another side or you yeah. see motivation. And it's, he's amazing. Yeah. So I picked that one. And then Indian Horse by Richard Wagamese, because he, Richard Wagamese has been on my to be read list forever. And since the whole thing started with Canada Reads, and I just have yet to read him. And I don't know why I just haven't, I, maybe I've kind of forgotten about him, but I want to read Indian Horse. Yeah. And then the last one, because a number of people said that Washington Black was actually not Essie Dugin's best book they loved half blood blues mm-hmm. so i thought oh well that's interesting so i have to read that one so yeah. those are my three titles that i want to read those are good yeah okay my three well actually i only have two but i have added a third while we were talking okay <laughs> so my first one is a uh, brown girl in the ring by nalo hopkinson who is uh she writes sci-fi fantasy, mostly mm-hmm. sci-fi, I think. And she has been on my radar for years, years, and I have not picked anything up from her. And prior to our conversation, like to our discussion tonight, I was going back through all the seasons and her book popped out and I'm like, how have I not read her yet? So then mm. I wrote it down and that's gonna be one I'm gonna pick up something from her, but especially this one. Mm-hmm. And then in getting ready, I also rewatched a little bit of season, ooh, shoot, season 15, oh, which was the season hosted by Wab Canoe, who does a great job. Yay. And it's the book And the Bur- Birds Rained Down by Jocelyn Saussier. 
which was defended by uh, the musician Martha Wainwright. And she was so Mm. passionate about this book. And I think I'm going to give a super quick synopsis. It -hmm. sounds like two or three older men decide to step away from society and go live off the grid in the woods. And one day, two women, an older woman and a younger woman, step out of the woods into their where they are. And that's all I needed to hear about it, to be honest. That's all I can remember. Yes, right? And I was just, and then she was going on how it's about love and aging. And I'm like, I, it just sounded so good. So I'm like, she has sold me on that book. And it's not one I've seen anywhere else. So I'm like, uh, that's one. And now, um, Suzanne, that you just mentioned. I'm like, yeah, I've got to read that. Yeah. So those are my three. Okay. I can't wait. So when you read Suzanne, please let me know what you think. So yeah, yeah. no, I will. And it's funny when I was, cause I have not read all the books for all the seasons. That's, that's a lot of books. Yeah. But it's funny how these were the only three that kind of stuck out to me of the ones that I haven't read that I'm like, that I still wanted to read. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. So moving on titles that you would like to see in the future in any future season okay mine I think is far-fetched and I don't think we will see it but you never know <laughs> you never know he is a writer of fantasy fiction which I don't think is your thing Rebecca but it's, Not really. yeah. yeah Guy Gabriel K he is from I think Saskatchewan and he writes the majority of his novels take place in fictional settings that resemble historical periods. So they're almost like fantasy historical fiction. Hmm. Like there's, and, and I adore them. Again, he is an author that I read everything that he writes and he has a new book out now, which I haven't yet read, but um, it's the one and the book of his that I would like to see on. Sorry, I almost forgot that part. I was so enthralled by just him is from 1995 and it's called the lights of Al Rasan and it's based on Moorish Spain. And I've read that book twice mm. and there is one scene at the end and I have a visual image. I can see it in my head and it makes me ugly cry. No, Both wow. times I read the book, I just, it's, it was so beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's friendship. It's love. I just, and the first time I read it, I ugly cried. And then I read it years later again. I was like, oh, I really want to read this book. And I, there are also images, different scenes in my head that are very graphic and completely different, but uh, read it second time, ugly cried again, same scene. I love that book. So I would love to see that on there. I think it was something. You know, that makes me wonder too, are there any fantasies that have really have won the competition? I don't really, I don't I, I, think so. Yeah, I kind of generally don't think they yeah. make it too far, do they? I think, I feel like the season two, a couple of seasons ago when um, yeah. it was the Midnight, oh, the one by C.L. Polk. Midnight Bargain and then yes. there's Hench. And Hench. Yeah. I feel like that's the closest we've gotten because that was a fantasy. That's, yeah. I don't can't really think of any others so like I said I, I don't expect to see it but I would love to see one of his books there yeah yeah is that your only one that's my only one oh, okay well yeah. I, have, I have to say I had two for a okay. specific reason but so because I don't have the background that Tara you have in terms of reading a lot of Canadian authors 
I looked at the list for the Giller. I think these were Giller. They they might possibly make, let me rephrase that. The Giller people put out this huge list of everything that's been published since during the time period that that are eligible. And so I just kind of was looking through that. And so I picked two books from that because I think also a lot of times, even though last year we had a lot of books that had been out for quite a while and award-winning books, et cetera. I think a lot of times they are trying to pick sort of newer books too, but okay. uh, the one I wanted to see, because I just think it sounds so fascinating, is The Listeners by Jordan Tannehill, which was published in 21. Have you read that one yet? I have. I just read it maybe oh. within the last six <gasps> weeks, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. do you think it would be a good, uh, since I haven't read it yet, do you think it would be a good book on the list to possibly to be defended? actually because you know what it surprised me I hadn't read much about it I didn't read any reviews I just knew it was uh, I think was it shortlisted for the Giller last year I think it was on the shortlist I can't remember and I'd read a quick synopsis but it surprised me at how much I enjoyed it because it's a very dark book Mm -hmm. and you know what it had a bit of a fantasy tinge to it as well I will say um but it's also had some really nice dark humor to it, which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. And the main character, a uh, woman, was very well written. And she was also not likable. Not a likable character. Hmm. But a likable book. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't yeah. want it because I don't want it to be just because I'm saying a character is not likable. Right. That, no, she's, I don't think she's like a... Yeah, she's just not a likable person. That's what I'm going to say. Not a yeah. likable person, but a likable character and that I enjoyed reading about her. So yeah, so, good choice. Yeah, so I'm just going to, because I have a little synopsis here, so I'm just going to yeah, read this really quickly do. in case people, since it's a fairly new book. It just says, one night while lying in bed next to her husband, Claire Devon suddenly hears a low hum, this innocuous sound, which no one else in the house can hear, has no obvious source or medical cause, but it begins to upset the balance of her life. When she discovers that one of her students can also hear the hum, the two strike up an unlikely and intimate friendship. And the reason I wanted to see this maybe on the list because it says, the listeners is an electrifying novel that treads the thresholds of faith, conspiracy, and mania, which again are really big themes in the United States right now. Yeah. So I thought, I want to read that book. (laughs) Yeah. No, and it it really does. Now that you, thank you for reading that, because I'm really bad at giving like a spontaneous synopsis of books. So thank you for doing that. (laughs) I am the same. Because I go on about how much I like a book and then don't actually tell you what it's about. (laughs) I do this exact same thing. So that was, and and it is. Now when you're reading that, I'm like, oh yeah, it was totally. And because it's, um, Almost at times, too, I felt it could be a metaphor for mental illness when Mm. a person has, you know, when you're just ignored or it's pushed aside or you're, uh, yeah. And especially the mania and the conspiracy, totally. I'm not going to tell you how because uh, it'll be a spoiler, but. Yeah, I do want to yeah. read it. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one I, I would like to see on the list, uh, I would love to see someone defend this book and it is... Um, coming out in 2022. I don't know if it's already out or if it's coming out, but it's called, uh, titled Still Hopeful, Lessons from a Lifetime of Activism by Maude Barlow. And it says, in this timely book, Barlow counters the prevailing atmosphere of pessimism that surrounds us and offers lessons of hope 
that she has learned from a lifetime of activism. And then it said um, she knows firsthand. Oh, and then the, the themes it said that she's been really involved in our second wave feminism, the battle against free trade and globalization and the global fight for water justice. And it says Barlow knows firsthand how hard fighting for change can be, but she also knows that change does happen and that hope is the essential ingredient. And the reason I would like to see it on the list is because I think we've had about three books in the recent past since I've been watching where they were memoirs by people who were environmental mm-hmm. in some manner, and they were not well received by the generally by readers. Like people, some people liked them and some people really complained about the quality of the writing or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one on Goodreads, she gets great reviews on Goodreads for this book. So I think the subject matter is so important and it's one that I don't think has won Canada Reads, but I would love to see a really well-written memoir like this Mm -hmm. really be able to go head to head with the other fiction and nonfiction possibly. Yeah. So that's, that's the title. Rebecca, you did such a good job of picking your books. (laughs) Well, I have a lot of time. (laughs) You've already picked the theme and everything that you would, that it should go under. I just chose a favorite author whose books I love to jump into. And I'm like, dang it, I should have had a theme as well. No, but but see, but here's the difference though. Like I said, you are able to talk about, because you've read so, obviously you've read so many Canadian authors. I mean, that's your thing. I mean, that's your Canadian, you've read your, your authors. I just don't have that background. So that's why I had to dig a little bit and do a little bit of research and then kind of think about would it fit? Because quite frankly, I haven't read either one of these books, but I thought the themes, and you never know what the actual theme of the, you know, program will be every year till the bitter end, yeah. <laughs> but, but still, anyway, those are my two titles. So I love that you chose a theme. I love that. I'm trying to think, and I'm like, I can't think of a theme for mine. There's no way, but you have a, I love that you chose a theme mm-hmm. and Canada reads should tell us the theme Ugh. prior to, I know. <laughs> I, but, I just, well, it's funny too, because when I was looking back at previous years, you know, they used to, and I know everybody's talked about this before that they used to, the list came out like in November or something. It was before mm-hmm. the holiday season. And we've said repeatedly, why can't they shift it back? Because people could be getting these books as gifts. How great would it yeah. be for all these small presses to be selling lots of books for the holidays? And why can't we know all of that? And then, you know, I just wish they could shift their timing. Yeah. Because I think the majority of us have been very vocal about it, and I wish they would do that. Because yeah. you know, you get you find out in January or February, and you're like, "Well, I'm all tapped out money wise. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> the holidays have passed, and I have yeah. no money left." So, and anyway. I would also like I think the last couple seasons. I don't know if it's been like this the whole time. I just can't remember. But they've announced the long list, and then a week later announced the short list. Mm-hmm. So I I don't like that they don't give the authors that are on the lo- that only make the long list. That's not enough time to totally find agree. more readers. Good like, point. Yep. They need more. Give those other like I think they do they announce twelve. Is that how it is? I can't remember what it's the 15, long. Is. It's fifteen because they I think they pick three titles for each right. uh, for each defender kind. You're of, right. Yeah. So then those then there's five defenders, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, look at my math is terrible. So 10? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm wrong, I apologize. But those authors who don't make the short list, they deserve more time to find yeah. more readers. Yeah. Right? I, I completely agree. And I 
wish I, you know, I've only been at this, like, this is my, I've, I've completed six years of Canada Reads and I sort of feel like every year I keep reading the same comments from everybody, you know, complaining about mm-hmm. the same thing. And I think, I don't, are they listening to us at all? Or are they going to, you know, yeah. maybe reconsider? And maybe there's a, and, and here's the thing, if there's this great legitimate reason why they cannot do it yes. the way they used to, yeah, that's okay, fine. Just let us know what it is and we'll all yeah. shut up and quit whining about it. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. so our last yeah. uh, question is our favorite moments from past shows. Okay. And I, again, created a little themes for myself. So my first one is my favorite shallow moment from oh. the show. Okay. Uh, it was the year that Tamo Pennicut defended American War because mm-hmm. I I don't watch a lot of TV and a lot of movies, and so I did not know who he was. But when I started watching it, I thought, oh my gosh! First of all, he's very good looking. I thought he was gorgeous. <laughs> so there's my shallow moment of saying I really enjoyed watching him and also defending a book that I loved, loved, loved. Yeah. But I also love, because I said, there is nothing to me more attractive than a, a, an intelligent man who is passionate about reading. And he talked about it as I think his mom had been, his mom had been, I mean, she might've been a teacher and, and a, a really voracious reader. So he grew up with books in his home and he was really passionate about it and he sold it so well. And I remember Omar had said that he didn't even think he had a chance and he got to the, you know, the end. It was yeah. uh, that book, and I don't remember which one that year, but anyway. So that's my shallow moment, favorite okay. moment. And then my obvious one, which is my raising the debate bar. So again, I've only seen it for six years, but Mark Tewksbury last year kicked mm-hmm. ass by he raising did. that bar of being so well-prepared. He never faltered in anything that he said. He shared personal anecdotes. He shared, you know, great deep level information about the book, you know, the book, I mean, he just really dove so deeply into everything. And I just really appreciate that he put that much in it and that I don't think anyone, I can't imagine anyone sort of in my mind outdoing him in terms of preparation and delivery, but he was absolutely brilliant to me. Yeah, he was, he was. Yeah. And my last one. So again, I I was thinking about this. I love competition, which is one of the things that got me watching Canada Reads and playing along. But to me, um, sort of at your throat kind of competitiveness is appropriate in sports and in politics in my mind, because I'm mm-hmm. as competitive as anybody. But when we are talking about debating books, I don't care for the, when they go for the throat. And so, you know, we've had some years where things were not, you know, people said things that were, some people, I guess, enjoyed the, the mixing in, in the fray and all that, but I, I don't. And so I appreciate three people. And so this is my respectful moments from the show. I think Chuck Como defending Holmes in 2019, you know, he was somebody that, He's kind of was a dark horse because he all of a sudden his his book got to the end with um uh I can't remember the book oh my gosh well anyway I can't remember but I, I apologize for not remembering the title but anyway he got to the end because he was just this sort of like quiet passionate but not even like strong passionate but just like 
just a little bit under the radar, but he was so compelling in his argument that he actually made me think, oh my gosh, I think he might win this thing. Yeah. And I remember Sean and I kind of debating back and forth. Oh, I think it was the um, the one by Max. Oh, oh, the one, that, you know, the Jewish gentleman that just yep. passed away. Um, yes. guy, I can't think of the book. Anyway, yeah. I think that's who... I think that's who defeated him. But anyway, and then I also want to give a call out, a shout out to Paul Sun Young Lee for defending Hench in 21, mm-hmm. because again, I just remember, and that was the one of the programs where it was kind of contentious, I think. And he, everybody just spoke so just beautifully about him and his spirit. Yeah. And I thought, thank you for bringing a little bit of class and calm to the whole thing. I thought he did a great job. But the one that really kind of knocked me just for a loop was Christian Allaire for defending five little Indians. Because when I first, again, a lot of times I don't know who these celebrities are. So when I was looking up about him and trying to figure out who is this young man, I thought, oh, he seems really nice, but he seems like, I don't know that he's going to be able to really like go to the mat on this thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Let's face it. He did an incredible job. He stayed respectful and calm, passionate, articulate. He just did a beautiful, seamless job of staying focused on why his book should win. And of course it did. And he did a brilliant job. So those are my favorite moments. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow from you and do like a little theme, but not quite as, because it's spur of the moment. So I have two favorite moments and they're almost, they're not polar opposites. No, but I'll call my first one, the moment that made me cry. And that was when uh, Johnny Appleseed won mm, and yeah. there was that exchange at the at the very end the last episode and there's the exchange between Devery Jacobs who had defended the book mm-hmm. and Joshua Whitehead the author yeah and they were both so it's making me cry now My I know God, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm remembering like were, it and I agree I know and it was just they were just both so genuinely happy and excited. Like she was so excited for her book, his mm-hmm. book, their book to have one. And I, I just, I loved that moment. Yeah. And I'm doing it right now. It's making me tear up. I know. Oh. I got emotional too, because was, I, yeah, I I'm agree sorry. with you. That was a really, was that was beautiful. a really, yeah, it was a really, really beautiful moment. Yeah. yeah. So that, and then my other one, I'm going to go back to, I believe it was season two, early episode. And I'm going to call that my, did he just moment. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that was when our pri- present prime minister, Justin Trudeau, voted against his own yeah, book. I know. <laughs> I loved that moment. I loved he, of course, he wasn't prime minister at the time. I loved that moment. And I recently listened, re-listened to that little snippet of it, mm-hmm. of when he voted against his own book and then just said, you know, like my other, the other contender, he just, he defended it so well. He debated it so well and he changed my mind. And he's like, everyone in this country needs to read that book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, Justin, I just, <laughs> like, again, he makes me go, Oh, Justin. But at the same time, I'm like, yes, Justin, like good on you for being flexible. Yeah. At the you know, so that's my other favorite moment. Yeah. And it's funny too because that was I had heard that and my, I went back and watched it at the time I'd heard first heard about it. And it is funny because I remember 
that he sounded, first of all, he sounds so young. So, I mean, yeah. I know it was like, what, 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And so I thought, yeah, he, he sounds really young, but I, I have to say, you know, he, he, he was swayed and, yeah. and good for him that he didn't just look just, it wasn't just about winning for him. It was really about what does can all of Canada need to read? Yeah. And that was a really powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I think that wraps up all things Canada Reads. And the great thing about it is it continues. And it we does. are we are into September and we just have to wait a few more months for it to roll around again to participate and fully in the ways that we do, which of course um we all love, right? Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we will do another 100 episodes. Uh, and I should say, too, I, I didn't actually say this before, but for those of you who are listening to us and maybe just recent listeners, so when Shauna worked with us for a couple of years uh, with me on the podcast, and then she decided she was always doing the tech side of it, and I did content. And when after a couple of years, she just said, you know, she's gone as far as she can tech-wise, and she wants to move on to other projects. I said, that no problem. And I reached out to Tara, who had been on, I think, a couple of our shows by that point. Mm -hmm. And I said, would you like to be uh, my podcast partner? And I was like, I hope, I hope. And she said, yes. So I was very excited. And I just want to give you a shout out, Tara, because you have made this um, since January of this year. You have made this such a wonderful time for me because I love that you are as embedded in all the content as, as I am, you come up with great questions, people to interview, themes, topics, everything. And it has just been such a joy, honestly, to work with you. And I just am so thankful that we became friends and that you are doing this with me. Oh, you're so welcome. I thank you for asking me because I, I really do enjoy it. It's been something that I never thought I would do. And mm -hmm. I've been listening <laughs> to podcasts for so many years. And it even when you first asked me to be on the my first episode with you a couple of years ago, it took a long time for me to say yes, because I'm not, um, I am naturally an introvert and not someone who likes to put myself in the spotlight. So this is something that I never thought I would do, but I've enjoyed getting to know you so much over the last several years that I was just like, hell yes, sorry, heck yes, I will do this <laughs> podcast. As I'm like, that sound, it just sounded fun. And yeah, I just jumped in. Thank you to everyone. One of the things I would like you to do is if you've been listening to us, whether it's one episode or 50 episodes or 100 episodes, we would love if you would give us a review, if you're listening on whatever your app of choice is, if you would give us either, you know, so many stars or an actual written recommendation or something, that would be, we Five would stars. love that. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. would love to have you uh, help us out in that area. So anyway, so here's to our next 100. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading. <laughs>